Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, July 26th, and this is your FT News Briefing. First, we'll check in on the international reaction to the protests in Cuba, and then a look at why NASDAQ is beefing up its market for private companies. Plus, every year the FT holds a stock picking contest. It is really just a bit of fun, but it does mean that you can be a total amateur and do amazingly well, and you can be a proper investment professional and absolutely bomb. We'll look at how the game has turned out so far. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Cuba's civil unrest has been driven by shortages. Not enough work, not enough money, not enough food. And thousands of people took to the streets on July 11th in Cuba's biggest anti-government protests in decades. The government responded with a military crackdown and by restricting internet access on most of the island. U.S. President Joe Biden imposed economic sanctions on the head of Cuba's military. But as the FT's Latin America editor Michael Stott points out, other countries have reacted much differently to the situation in Cuba. In Mexico, which has a leftist president, Andres Manuel López Obrador, they have announced an aid program and they're sending two Navy ships loaded with food and medical supplies to Cuba. So almost straight after Biden announced the sanctions, López Obrador said, no, we're going to send aid, we're going to send food and medical supplies. Naturally, it's the U.S. embargo that's the problem. And then Russia, the most important ally, perhaps, of all of Cuba, said that it was also going to send aid to Cuba. It was airlifting aid to Cuba. And the Spanish prime minister, who's again from the left, has said the international community should show solidarity and donate vaccines to Cuba. So we've seen very different responses from different countries. Michael Stott is the FT's Latin America editor. Many people know the NASDAQ and the public stock exchange for tech companies, but NASDAQ also has a private share market. It's grown quickly since it first started eight years ago, and last week NASDAQ announced plans to separate its private market platform into a new unit. To explain what's going on here, I'm joined by Sujit Indap. He's the U.S. editor of our Lex column, and he's been writing about this. Hey, Sujit. Hi, Mark. Good to talk to you. Can you break down what the private and public market's been like over the past few years? Yeah, sure. So uh, there has been this worry that the number of public companies in America has dropped quite a bit in recent years, if not decades. And so the worry is that for individual investors like you and me who invest through 401ks, that we're missing out on the opportunity to capture wealth through high growth companies since companies stay private longer. And when they do go public, uh, they're much more mature. And so the profit opportunities have dissipated. And so there definitely is a trend of venture capital-backed firms being able to avoid going public in a way like companies like Microsoft and Apple were forced to go public at earlier stages of their development. So is this why the NASDAQ is spinning off its private share market? What is it hoping to accomplish by creating this new unit? Sure. So there's a couple of things. One, they want to create just a separate entity, and that entity is going to have partnerships with firms like Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley and Silicon Valley Bank. And so the idea is there's a few of these private exchanges, and NASDAQ is hoping with these partnerships, they can be the go-to place for the big private tech unicorns to conduct these types of transactions. The view, I think, is that the private markets will continue to grow. There'll still be companies that stay private for longer. And so rather than waiting for them to go public and trying to make money then, this is a chance to, to capture the profits from the set of companies that, that are doing something different with how they uh, manage their life cycle. Suji, so, what else should people consider when thinking about this move by NASDAQ? 
Well, I think that, I mean, the public stock market exchanges, that business has become very competitive and it's very efficient. And it's great if you're a, an investor in stocks because commissions are low, bid-ask spreads are low, and the market works pretty well. And so the question is, can that kind of efficiency and order be applied to private markets? And ultimately, our ordinary investor is going to be allowed to invest in uh, high growth companies that are private, which typically is restricted now to wealthy institutions and individuals. Sujit Indep is the U.S. editor of the FT's Lex column. Thanks, Sujit. Thanks for having me, Mark. And now a shift from the private market to the public, but with a bit of a twist. Every year for the past five years, the FT has played a game involving the stock markets. FT staffers and readers pick five stocks to go either long on or go short on, to bet on or bet against. The catch here is if your stock starts to do poorly, you can't drop it and pick up a new one. You're stuck with them for the entire year. So here we are, six months into this year's stock picking game. And we thought we would check in with our markets editor, Katie Martin, to see how things are going. Hey, Katie. Hey, how are you doing? All right. Um, so just a quick question. Uh, does it matter if some of our readers are hedge fund managers or investment bankers, you know, a professional who reads the FT who might have an advantage here? I, I think the beauty of this whole contest, and it is a sort of tongue-in-cheek, light-hearted thing. But the, the beauty of it is that it's not really like the real job of being an actual fund manager. With this competition, you pick five stocks, you go long or short, so you have positive or negative bets on those stocks, and you hold them all year. And then at the end of the year, you figure out uh, which portfolios are doing well and which portfolios are doing badly. So this process of just being absolutely rigid and having a really small portfolio of stocks, it, it is really just a bit of fun. But it does mean that you can be a total amateur and do amazingly well and you can be a proper investment professional and absolutely bomb. So it can be quite a humbling experience for people who actually know what they're doing. One of the things I guess we should tell our listeners who are not familiar with this contest is that you pick them in February. How has the market environment changed since our contestants picked their stocks to what they ended up having to deal with throughout the past six months or so? Well, so on paper, this has been a super year to be doing this competition because markets have been pretty benign. Broadly speaking, stock markets in the US and UK, which are the only two markets that the external contestants can participate in, they've just sort of sailed higher pretty much through the year. So that we obviously haven't had the sort of experience we had in 2020 when the world just stopped quite abruptly and markets fell into a gigantic hole. We haven't seen that kind of volatility. It's been pretty smooth running for the contestants. So no one's got any excuse for, for doing terribly badly. Okay. So let's let's talk about that. What's uh what have been some of the most popular stocks among uh, staffers and readers and and uh is there been any difference in the the in the stocks that they've chosen between staffers and readers? So a super, super popular bet has been short Tesla. This has been a disastrous trade for years. Betting against Tesla stocks has just been a train wreck of a trade. The stocks are up something like a thousand percent since late 2019. But participants in the competition, at least, decided that enough was enough. So 28% of readers were short Tesla. Turns out this time is different. Those shorts have made 19% in the in the period under consideration here. So this has really helped a lot of contestants to do very well. The real battle 
has been with retail traders and with meme stocks. So as you say, this competition, the starting gun for it this year is February the 1st. Now, right at the very tail end of February was precisely when the GameStop thing happened, right? So there were just thousands of amateur traders using Reddit to kind of coordinate their ideas. And they sent shares in GameStop, the consoles retailer, absolutely shooting higher. Now, the the group of contestants that shorted GameStop, 18% of contestants shorted GameStop, that's worked out pretty well. But 4% of contestants were short AMC, and that has been a total disaster. (laughs) So Katie, let's get to the good stuff. Uh, Who's done well in this game and who's struggled? Let's focus on people who've done not so well, because that's significantly more fun. So I'm sure you're familiar with Dan McCrum. Of course. The whiz-bang reporter who broke the wire card scandal. Not only is he one of the worst performing contestants within the FT, he's one of the wor- worst performing contestants in the entire competition. Wow. <laughs> he's laughing it off, I have checked. But he was short AMC. This has done a fair amount of damage. He's uh, short Berkshire Hathaway. That's also done a fair amount of damage. So... He's having a very rough run at the halfway point. There's still time for him to turn it around. Now, I've checked in on your portfolio, Mark. Oh, no. Oh, oh goodness. <laughs> You're actually doing okay. Am I really? Yes. Your portfolio average is 12%. I'm not quite sure how you've put this portfolio together. You've got a very nice long position on international paper company. Oh, yes. I, I'll tell you how I did that. I figured um, with all the at-home deliveries, there would be more cardboard yes. circulation. So I looked up cardboard producers, and that's how I picked that one. I don't even remember their name. Well, genius. Very good. Um, your short Tesla, which has done very well. Also in your portfolio, you have a short on Airbnb, which didn't do very well in the period that we're taking under consideration here, and a short on GameStop, which has done pretty well. So if you get board of podcasts at any point, you could um, go into fund management. I think this is a very creditable <laughs> performance. <laughs> Katie Martin is our markets editor. Thanks, Katie. Pleasure. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.